You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hey guys, Paul Caffrey here from Content Academy. I am joined by Philip McGrath and today we're going to have Chrissy Marquardt from WebspiredMedia.com on the show. Phil, what's going on? How are you keeping? What's the story? I'm not very happy. Why? My my football team got beaten 4 nil today. Very yeah. disappointing. Yeah. After I went, I went to Old Trafford to see Man United play during the week. And we won 4-1. I thought, that's it. Yep, things are, are on the way up. Uh, and then the, they went and lost 4-0 today. So that, that disappointed me. Yeah, not a great result. But, uh, oh well, we'll move on. Yeah, okay. Not much more to say about that. This episode has probably the most actionable tips than any other podcast we've we've recorded so far, I would say, Phil. Yeah, do you know what? I'd say it's definitely up there. I'm struggling to think of any of our previous um, shows that would have had as many actionable tips as this one. Yeah, the, the show notes that I took are literally six to seven pages of notes. Chrissy was excellent. And we, we spoke about a lot of things. We spoke about, you know, finding your core value proposition understanding your audience listed a lot of questions that we uh, as bloggers and business owners need to answer so you can certainly you know challenge yourself to answer these questions for your own business or for your own blog and see see what answers you do come up with because i've no doubt that if there's any gaps in you in your proposition they'll certainly be highlighted by the answers that you give to the questions that chrissy recommends you ask yourself yeah, and I mean, there's so many of them in there you really kind of could do with sitting down with a pen and paper and kind of running through them and seeing. But I mean, the, the, oh, you can see, you can tell even by by this, I'm I'm struggling to pick out a couple of bits to run through. Yeah, um, there was that much going on. So, Paul, you know what we'll do? Let's just hand this one over to Chrissy, get through today's interview, and we'll wrap this one up as best we can at the end of today's show. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast. Chrissy, how the hell are you? I am doing great, you guys. How are you both doing? Really, really good. Uh, I'm just excited to be here. We've got this uh, arranged, so there's a little bit of confusion, and thankfully that's uh, been figured out, so we can get started. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, just looking forward to having a a fun old chat, you know? Yeah, I'd love to to blame the uh, time zone differences for my mistake, uh, but it really just was that I looked at it all wrong. That's, uh, I was going to say, you have a calendar reminder, so you really can't blame the time zone no, this time around. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I really can't. Um, Chrissy, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, you might just give our audience a little bit of background on you. So where you started and what you're up to at the moment. Absolutely. So for those of you that don't know me, hi, my name is Chrissy. And um, my website is webspiredmedia.com. And what I do, I've had many different job titles over the years, as we entrepreneurs like to change our uh, titles around. But currently, I am a website branding strategist for digital entrepreneurs. And what I do is I teach entrepreneurs how to create profitable websites. And what I do for my clients is I help them to create websites that communicate their voice, connect with their ideal audience and convert their leads into sales. And so um, I've been doing that now for I've been so my background is in web design. I've been doing that for about four years. And I just kind of stumbled into the online space. You know, somebody said something about, hey, you should try and blog and make money. So I said, okay, sounds cool. And I kind of stumbled into the online space, you know, discovered WordPress. And I I'm a self-taught nerd in WordPress, as I like to say, you know, some people um, see it and break out into highs. But for whatever reason, I was able to kind of fumble my way through it. And I did some VA work, but I really um, was drawn to the website component of things and then just kind of got into that more. And as I as I uh, learned more about web design, I found myself drawn more towards the strategic um, and content planning and brand, uh, branding components of website, which brings me to where I am today. And that's kind of a little sneak peek of, sort of what we will be talking about on this podcast episode. And so that's a little bit about me here in a nutshell. Excellent stuff. And I'm going to clear this up for both myself and the listeners. The accent. 
<laughs> Born and raised Jamaican, and I moved to the United States 16 years ago to go to college. Met my husband, fell in love, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, but yes, originally born and raised in Jamaica. There you go. Just had that. I, <laughs> I was wondering. There we go. That answered that question. So, Chrissy, <laughs> I'm looking at your site, and uh, not surprisingly, uh, it's beautiful. Um, and you. as regular listeners to the show will know, and indeed Paul will tell you, that's not something I say all the time. So, uh, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> that is a, a genuine compliment. Um, I appreciate. It's very pink, <laughs> so I'm really glad to hear you say that because you know it's <laughs> you're a guy, and so <laughs> I, I, as as a father with a young daughter, I can appreciate pink. I'm allowed. Oh my gosh, Phil, <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> so. Um, what I'm really interested to, to speak to you today about is the branding element. I mean, we could go into the coding and design, but branding is something that I think our audience um, really, no, I don't want to say struggle with, but it's something that would be of great interest to our audience at, uh, at their varying stages of business. So that's where I want to dig a little deeper to start off, if that's all right Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. We have a website up and running, let's imagine, and we maybe it's been up and running for a couple of months. We kind of just threw a logo up there. We've got some blog posts going out, but we never really gave thought to to a brand or a personal brand or really kind of putting a stamp on it. It was more like we were more worried about getting it up in the tech than actually mm -hmm. how it looked and what message it gave. So now that I've kind of decided I need to do that, what would be your advice to me and my first steps to really maybe even auditing the site to figure out where I need to start? Absolutely. And that's a great question. And the first thing that I would start with is that um, who is the website for? So, you know, you mentioned you've, you've, you've threw up a logo, you got a couple blog posts just to get over the tech hurdle that many people struggle with just to get it up and running. But now you kind of want to take a step back and maybe you've had some success and you just want to make the website better. So my first question would be to you is um, when it comes to branding is that who is your website for, you know, who is your audience? And this is going to get a little bit into, you know, your ideal customer. So, you know, mm. who are your customers? Where do they hang out? What are their demographics? Are they male or they female? What are their age? But most importantly, who are their, who are your customers and what is the problem that you are trying to solve with for your customers? And then if we want to take it a step further from there, what is your core message? And um, I'll give my own website as an example. And I'm using my website because it's the site that I know best because I did everything myself. And so for me, my message has changed over the years. You know, like you know, like that person, I just threw something up just to have a website and just to get something out there so that when people ask me, what's your website, I wouldn't like mumble in embarrassment or, you know, just kind of like run away and hide. Um, <laughs> but as, <laughs> as, as most people do where they, you know, as we have website shame. But as I got clearer around my messaging and who I wanted to communicate with, you know, over time, you know, I, I, I talked to people, I interviewed people, I, I said, okay, so, you know, I want to be able to help people to um, either learn how to do their websites themselves or be able to help people to create websites that are profitable and that convert because ultimately that's what we want our website to do is to be profitable in some way and to convert. So I would really dig into, you know, what you're, you know, who, who is it that you are creating the websites for? I heard a really great quote by uh, Paul Jarvis who is a very well-known web designer and he said that um, the website is not so for example when he's working with a client you know people kind of like nitpick and want things done a certain way but ultimately when it comes down to it your website is not for you it's for your customers and it's for your audience and so that would be my first recommendation is is starting with your customers in mind and figuring out exactly who this website is for and what it's supposed to do for them. Um, my second thing from there is, uh, you know, Stephen Covey says is you want to start with the end in mind. And so what is the website supposed to do? And so if you're in the process of doing a rebrand, do you have some specific objectives for this website? Is this website supposed to help you to increase your email conversions? If you are um, a coach or a freelancer, is this website supposed to help you to get more um, discovery calls booked, which will ultimately turn into more clients? And um, maybe, you're a maybe you're a blogger who's been successful for a while and you want to get some more traffic to 
to your site. Maybe you want to redesign your website in such a way where your most featured or your most your most popular blog content is front and center, so people can immediately see that. So you want to start with the end in mind. Is think about what is it that what is it that you want your website to do. Um, my third thing would be, and this is something that I always teach, and I this is kind of like my my seven second homepage formula that I, I teach people or I talk about when people are trying are struggling with their homepage or just even struggling with their website in general is what is it that you want people to know about who you are so that kind of goes back to a little bit about branding and kind of tying into your core your core value your core value proposition what is it that you want people to know what you what is it that you want people to know about you so for example i'm chrissy i'm a website branding strategist i help people to create websites that connect convert and sell you know right that right there is my core value proposition the next thing is that what do you want people to do when they come to your website? Do you want them to read a blog post? Do you want them to opt into your email list? Do you want them to book a discovery call? Do you want them to go straight to a sales page for a product that you're promoting right now? Think about the journey that you want people to take on your website and make it very obvious. Um, we are we are busy. Um, the internet is just has exploded over the past you know ten plus fifteen years, and so if you can clearly communicate what is it that you want people to know and do on your homepage in like seven seconds or less, then you're already on the path to success with your website. Because if not, then um, you have to make it very simple and make it very clear for people when they get to your website. If not, then that that's when people that's when your bounce rates will go up and that's when people will leave so those are just some kind of quick tips is um think about the branding of your site in terms of what is it that you want your customers to who are you building the website for start with the end in mind in terms of the objectives of your website and think about what you want people to know and do when they come to your website so that way they'll stick around and go on the sales journey that you've mapped out for them so hopefully that answers that question it most certainly does and uh Awesome. Paul, Paul, are you thinking what I'm thinking that there's probably a few people listening in right now who are having a little cringe to themselves because they probably haven't thought about any of that? I I most certainly think so. Um, I mean, we have a lot of people reach out to us who are bloggers and, mm -hmm. you know, it's fantastic. They've made the effort. They've made the start, which is the hardest part. It's so easy to have an idea, but they, they've done something. Yes. Um, but, you know, I reckon a lot of people have just you know, sat up, you know, or maybe casually half listening to podcasts as you do and are now thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a good episode. Maybe I should sit down and take some notes. Um, <laughs> so I suppose if we, if we play this out a little bit, you know, uh, through, um, let's suppose um, we've got somebody who has, you know, let's say, for example, you know, a fitness website, you know, and, you know, they went on a fitness transformation themselves. They want to share that information with others uh, and they want to somehow, you know, have a, a membership site being the, the goal that they want to work towards so that, you know, perhaps they can be giving either, you know, exercise tips or nutrition tips, but maybe monetize that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, is there any, any kind of, you know, strategies that you would say, well, you need to do yes. this if you're going down a membership site versus maybe something else. If you wanted to sell a course, you know, what would you give advice to that, to that person? Chrissy. I love I love that question because I am like totally like into health and wellness and fitness and so this is great and so if you were a fitness blogger and you wanted to monetize your site in terms of a membership site so what I would do is when I come to your site I would want to probably see some really awesome recipes that you've done I, I would I would want I would want to I would want to see a few things I would want to see some of the recipes that you share that have helped you with the transformation but you, you the transformation what you're selling what you're ultimately selling to me as a fitness blogger if you want me to subscribe to your membership website is you're selling me the promise of a transformation and so the pain that I'm experiencing when I come to your site is that you know I'm, I'm overweight or I've tried all of these different diets and nothing has worked yeah. but then I come to your site and I see what I see what you looked like before and the the your blog should show me the journey or the transformation that you've gone through to get to where you're at now. And so then the membership side is going to be a kind of a, a level up from, you know, maybe some of the blog posts that you have in terms of like more specific one-on-one -on -one information. Maybe your membership website would include something like some bonuses, like a meal plan, or maybe some free eBooks or um, things of that nature, maybe like a group coaching session or, you know, a de depending on, you know, things of that nature, like maybe, maybe a weekly accountability where people can, you know, hop on and say, 
say, okay, here's where I'm at right now. Because, um, you know, as we know, blog po- blog posts and blog websites, you know, the objective is to give them, give as much value as you can. And the more you give, the more you will receive on the long end as well, too. So I, I would want to see some value up front in terms of either the blog post or maybe when I come to your webpage, I see something that says start here and then kind of an introduction about you and who you are and what you do, why, why you're qualified to say what you why you're qualified to talk about what it is that you're talking about and show me the transformation that you've gone through show me to some maybe epic blog post show me to uh, uh, direct me to some recipes and things of that nature and then maybe give me an opt-in to you know your 10 most popular recipes and things of that nature and so that's kind of where I would start is like showing people right the value up front as if you're a fitness blogger showing me the value up front with maybe some of your popular recipes on your homepage or something that says start here with a direction to um um, the blog posts that people can read to see your transformation over the year and then somewhere in there you know having a call to action you know if you'd like to experience more of this you know join my tribe join my email list and then maybe as a free gift I would get like a copy of an ebook, maybe a link to a Facebook group, things of that nature. And then from there, I would continue to nurture the relationship. But if I'm on your site and I like what I see and I see an option to have a membership site, and then I would want to find out, okay, well, what what's the benefit to me for the membership site? And then you just have to, you know, give me more of an incentive. And so, you know, th- thinking about things like that, I mean, we don't want to just like blast a membership site up front when you come there. But, you know, as we all know, it's all about building that relationship and then um, having, having a call to actions that people know what to do, but then continuing to nurture that relationship over time. Um, For me, any membership site or any course that I've um, bought into, it's because I've seen that person either in my inbox or online in social media or been in a Facebook group and just seen the value that they have to share. And that's what ultimately led me to want to become a part of their tribe. So if that answers the question, if that makes sense to you guys. eh? Yeah, absolutely. You can kind of see there that there's there's a lot of really kind of strategic stuff happening, but then I suppose some tactical things along the way. So, you know, I'm all about I'm all about strategy. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I love I love talking strategy and tactics as well, too. So. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I mean, there's there's so much, so many different ways we can go here, and I'm kind of I'm kind of you know perplexed as to which way to go. So I might just throw some quicker questions at you and kind of just see what way we go. So, so let's say we've got some bloggers who are just starting out. I'm assuming that WordPress with some sort of theme, be it a thesis or a genesis or something like that, would mm-hmm. would that be what you'd recommend, or is there yeah? Something so if else you're just say? so. If you're just starting out, I'm going to give you a few quick tips just to kind of get up and run. Like even let's just let's just kind of even go back to basics, because one of the questions that I get is, you know, how do I buy my domain? Where do I do my hosting? You know, what themes do I buy? What plugins do I buy? You know, things of that nature. So I'm going to give you the quick the the um, quick and dirty website uh, startup kit answer right here. So the first thing that you want to do, go to Namecheap.com and buy your domain. Then you want to go to SiteGround to set up your web hosting and they'll walk you through that process. And um, we can link, to, I'm sure you guys could probably link to this at the end of the blog post, but I've got a free tutorial on my website that actually walks you through that entire process to get everything up and running from scratch in 25 minutes with yeah. your WordPress website. We'll, we'll so, make sure to include it. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So Namecheap, SiteGround. Then once you've got your WordPress site up and running, um, there are some plugins that I would recommend that you install right away just to kind of get that out of the way. I've also got a link to that. We'll, and, you know, the guys will include that in the notes. Um, as far as themes, that's a big question that I get as, as a web designer. And it's a question that comes up quite frequently in the online space. And um, I'm going to give a little bit of a long answer, but not too long. But this will just kind of help to make the decision. Um, it depends on what your objective are. And I know that's a little bit more strategic. But and the reason I say this is that when I started out, I just I use Genesis because that's what most other bloggers were using and that's what was recommended to me. Um, I still use Genesis, but I'm also kind of diving into DV a little bit. And the reason why is because my business um, model has changed a little bit uh, as opposed to being more of a blogger. You know, it's kind of more into the online marketing space. And I I, I like the Genesis themes. And um, if you kind of want to get dirty with the code and DIY, or maybe if you want to even to become a Genesis developer at some point, I like Genesis. But if you are um, not technically savvy and you're you're kind of feeling overwhelmed you just kind of want to get something up and running i i would also look to dv because dv is drag and drop and so there are other theme options out there i'm not going to go into it because i want to keep it simple and i want to underwhelm and not overwhelm but i like genesis or dv as a start to get something up and running that looks professional and that looks good 
Cool. I suppose once we, we've done that, we, we've kind of got a simple site up and running. It you know, looks decent. A uh, few blog posts are out there. Now we're at the point of, okay, well, I need to build a list. I want to build a following, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, as regards, you know, is there any kind of softwares for, let's say, building your email list that, that you think are particularly good for people starting off? Um, uh, so if you're just starting off uh, MailChimp because it's free up to 2000 subscribers and I think up to 12,000 emails. And so I would definitely start off with MailChimp in terms of, uh, in terms of the email service provider. And um, let me clarify, when you say software, you're talking about like anything specific in terms of like plugins or is it just like, you know, what are, what are the tools that I would recommend to build your email list? Eh? I suppose, yeah, tools to build your email list and then any other, you know, things that may be, may be relevant. So, for example, I suppose landing pages, you might use lead yes, pages, okay. stuff like this, you know, awesome. that, that yes. kind of thing where you might be kind Absolutely. of going, heard Absolutely. about all this. So if you're just starting up and running and you need an email service provider, I would start off with MailChimp. Um, I currently use, recommend, and love ConvertKit, but ConvertKit, you do have to pay a monthly fee depending on the amount of subscribers that you have. But if you're just starting out and, you know, you're kind of trying to keep your costs down, um, MailChimp is a great place to start. And there are uh, tons of tutorials out there um, on MailChimp, either on Pinterest or courses. So I would recommend MailChimp to get uh, starting. Um, as far as landing pages, let's say that you're putting your site together and and you want to put up like a coming soon page to, to do lead capture until your site is up and running, um, I would recommend lead pages. That's what I've used for in the past. And I use lead pages for my opt-ins and things of that nature. That's a great resource if you are not tech savvy and you don't necessarily want to or hire somebody to do your website. If you get lead pages, that's a great resource as well too. Um, I also recommend Optimize Press for landing pages. It's a good resource um, to get things up and running in that department as well too. So as far as email service providers if you're just starting out um if you've got the budget for it look at convert kit convert kit is amazing um if you if you're kind of a little bit more budget friendly mailchimp if you want to get a landing page and get something up and running quickly lead pages or optimized press would be my go-to resources well there you go convert kit is incidentally what we use folks just to give it another endorsement there but that is what Fantastic. we use um and at the moment, we have just started using uh, Buzz uh, or Sumo Me. Should I was going to say Buzz Sumo, Sumo Me um, on the site. So we will fill you in maybe in a couple of weeks and let you know how that transition has gone. But we've just started awesome. using it. So we're testing that at the moment and we'll give you some results. Hopefully when we, we have a, have something to report back. But uh, yeah, some great resources there. Definitely worth looking into 100%. Yeah. So what, what we didn't intend, I suppose I'm kind of running through a journey here we then tend to come across people who are like okay i've done this and and i've got my email list and now i need to try grow it and i'm not too sure how to so i'm going to give something away now a lot of people that we see starting out would make these um let's let's call it you know lead magnet or whatever to build a list uh, mm-hmm. and they could be a little bit you know a little bit gaudy a little bit ugly and maybe the content isn't great but just creating that can be a real challenge because let's say if we go back to our fitness example you know mm-hmm. i know about fitness i don't know about making you know lead magnets i've i've got a few bits of tech i've managed to stick it together i've got you know, plasters and sticky tape just getting this website going um you know any tips for people who might be trying to make a lead magnet so you know what they what they could use what might give good results and any software that might be good for that Absolutely. Yes. So for for those of us who are not techie or not maybe doesn't have the designer's eye and you want to create a lead magnet and have it look somewhat decent, um, two great resources for you. PicMonkey is amazing. It is a free uh, designer software and also Canva is fantastic. Um, I, I personally, and this is just leveling up here, I'm just full disclosure, I use Photoshop and InDesign to create my lead magnets and my freebies, but that's because I'm a designer and I've studied those for a while. And so to back up, you're just starting out PicMonkey is great to design your graphics. Canva is great to design your PDFs or your opt-ins. And um, both of those both of those have free and premium uh, options as well, too. And the free options for each of them absolutely work great. Several people that I've talked to or that are in my spare, uh, circle of friends that maybe are not Photoshop savvy or in design savvy, they've created great PDFs using can great PDF opt-ins uh, using Canva, and they've created awesome graphics using PicMonkey. And even with PicMonkey, if if you were to go to the paid option, I think it's like $34 a year. So that is definitely a great yeah. resource if you're just starting out. Um, the cost is worth it. And then um, Canva, they have something, it's like Canva for work, where if you pay $10 a month, then it just gives you a little bit more options. And so 
again, just starting out and you're feeling you, you want to create something, but you want it to look somewhat decent, uh, PicMonkey and Canva. And if you want to make something, if you let's say that you want to do like a worksheet, let's say, you know, for example, the fitness blog, they want to have a worksheet for maybe have people write on and they want to make it uh, printable and fillable. Um, once you've created your PDF in Canva, you can then go to pdfescape.com and actually make that fillable, uh, make that workbook fillable. So those are some great resources to get starting out to actually create your lead magnet to uh, build and grow your email list. Excellent. I'm loving these. I'm going to ask another question while we're on this on the subject. So any yes. tips for branding your uh, lead magnets? And this is something we've seen um, with a couple of clients we've worked with where they've actually come up with some really nice uh, lead magnets, but yet they've no mention of where it came from or their logo or anything. It's like, it looks lovely as a, as a PDF, but if I was to give it to somebody else, they'd never know where it came from. So you um, want some specific tips on how to specifically brand your lead magnet. So if it gets passed on to somebody else, they know where the original source came from. Yeah. Any tips you can give us? Absolutely. So what I do with my lead magnets is at the bottom of every page, I know it's a, it's a little bit of a pain, but I take the time to put my the link to my website at the bottom of every page. So that way, from people reading it and they go to the bottom, they see it. So that's one of the first thing that I do. The second thing is that in my lead magnets, I have the cover, I have the cover page and I don't just go straight to the content. I have kind of an introduction. I'll say, you know, welcome. My name is Chrissy. I created this guide for people who are suffering from this so that will help you to do this. And so I talk about that right there and I just kind of go into the reason for like why I created the guide. I have kind of a couple of disclaimers. And then um, in the intro, I provide links to um, where I'm at online. I provide links to my website. I include my email address. I've got links to my Facebook page, my Twitter handle, my Instagram, Pinterest. It, it may seem like a lot, but I really want people to know where I'm at and know that I am here as a resource. Um, I have, a, you know, if you have a Facebook group, which I do, I have a link to that group as well, too. I even encourage people to say, hey. If you have more questions about this or you'd like to have some more dialogue or conversation, you know, hop into my group and, you know, tag me and ask me a question. So th th those are some options right there. And then at the end of your lead magnet, having some type of a call to action, you know, whether that call to action would be to, again, depending on how it is that you are trying to grow your list or to monetize your business, you know, let's say that, you know, you're, you, let's say that you're the fitness blogger and you have a ebook for sale on your website, you know, that talks about, you know, the transformation that you went through or, you know, something that, you know, the, you know, maybe the top 10 recommended recipes, but the recipe, like you know, maybe the, your, most popular 100 recipes on your blog, but you have it in an ebook format, you know, that's something that's valuable and worth buying. Maybe your giveaway of that would be the first 10 recipes. And then the call to action at the end of your lead magnet would be to say, by the way, if you've enjoyed this, and you want access to even more recipes, check out my product here. And then you have a call to action that will take people back to like, you know, maybe a shopping page on your website. So those are three ways that I would brand your lead magnet, have a link to your website at the bottom of every page, have an introduction with a pick, maybe a picture of you and who you are and why you specifically created the guide and have a link to either maybe one or two places that you're at on social media a link back to your website and then again the call to action that takes them back to your website to do something in some action so those are three quick tips on branding your lead magnet fantastic and they are all extremely valuable and relevant folks and the reason i'm asking chrissy these questions is these are the things we are seeing time and time again where people are putting in the effort to create lead magnets but they are not thinking about it afterwards it's a case of here is a checklist or here is 10 recipes but yet there's no branding or thought gone into it bar absolutely kind of just yeah. the color scheme and the text so uh, for your yeah, own sake Absolutely. That's a great point, too, because I see that all the time. I see I have these beautiful PDFs or things that I get from people and, you know, I'll I'll put it in my folder somewhere. Then when I'm kind of cleaning up my inventory, my digital inventory, I'll come across this and be like, oh, I wonder who made this. Or, I, you know, there's there's no information about the person. And so that's actually a really great question. I'm glad that you answered that for me. I'm glad that you asked and I was able to answer. <laughs> yep. And again, folks, I've said it time and time again on the show. We are here to give you the information to act upon. So please do so. Please take some action. Don't just sit there and listen and go, that makes great sense uh, without actually implementing some of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I suppose, with, with, I suppose with that action and implementation, there's kind of two areas I'm seeing this kind of, you know, fictional, you know, blogger, fitness person go. So they've got the website, they've, you know, they're, they're building their email list. Uh, and with that now, 
you know, what sort of content? So let's say I decide, well, actually, you know, I'm not going to do a membership. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a course. I'm going to do a fitness course. going to be, you know, maybe seven, you know, seven week course uh, on fitness and nutrition. You know, how long should people communicate with their email lists? Um, what sort of content should they send out? Should it be a summary of, of what they've published that week or should it be something else? I mean, what would you recommend people uh, send to their list, Chrissy, once they've got people uh, onto it? So what I would do and what I do with ConvertKit is when people opt into, again, just using myself as an example. So when people opt into my list, I've created a um, a nurturing sequence. It's it's uh, 11 emails over like a sequence of like 30 days that is just, just an introduction to who I am. So let's go back to this fitness blogger and put that into perspective. Um, let's just say that you've had a blog for about six months or so and you've been, you've been consistent about blogging on a regular basis, whether it be on a weekly basis, biweekly, whatever, whatever you have deemed that you're going to be blogging and you, you've stuck to that and so if somebody if i'm new to your list and you've been around for a while what i would do for that nurturing sequence is i would just send that person my best content you know my most popular blog posts or blog posts that are of value that you know either it, it and that could be a combination of an introduction to who i am and my background and the transformation maybe other people who have benefited from your blog and include some testimonials in that nurturing sequence and the point of the nurturing sequence again just like with anything is just to build upon that relationship and so if somebody were to opt in i would send them my best content you know after a while and then you know from there because you've built the relationship and you've give value then at that point you kind of have permission to say, you know, hey, by the way, you know, you've been on my list for a while. Um, you know, a lot of things that might, and actually, let me back up too. So I would do that nurturing sequence to just send people your best content so they can get yeah. to know who you are. Um, the second thing is, you know, this is going to depend on what is it that your readers are asking you for. And so we all know that the, the best products and the products that sell and make the most money are products that your audience has asked you to make for them. This, these are specific things that your audience is struggling with. And so you know, I'll, you know, I'm just going to paint a picture. Let's say that I come to your blog and I want to read about fitness. So I'm a mom. I've got three kids. I don't have time to work out. You know, I, you know, I've got a baby, I've got two older boys and, you know, they, they, they have school and then they have afternoon activities and, and I, I, I barely have any time to work out as it is. You know, I barely have time to make any, any clean or uh, any clean eating or healthy meals as it is. So what I would love is some type of a course that allows me to achieve my fitness goals in 10 to 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day? What are some quick workouts that I can do that will actually um, uh, give me some traction, help me to make some progress? What are some quick and simple meals that I can make in an hour or less that will that will be healthy, that will help allow me to feed my family and help me to achieve my fitness goals? And so that's something for me as a mom that would be helpful for me. And so it's going to depend on who the audience is. You know, are do you have mostly moms? Moms, we're busy. We want more time. And so if you can create something that's going to help us to save help us to save time and also get um get our get our workouts in i would buy that so you have to kind of like think about that and then you know as your audience asks you that question then you can talk about that and then give testimonials and then have some emails leading up to that and then you know kind of open the cart and say okay now i've got this course that's available for you and the course needs to specifically address the pain points that your audience is um struggling from and i i keep going back to strategy because that's just kind of who i am but ultimately everything comes down to you know your strategy and what is it that your audience wants but if i were a fitness blogger and my audience were primarily mom and I showed my transformation as a, as a mom and what I was able to go through. I know that that's one of the things that people would ask is like, you know, where do I find time to do my workouts? You know, where do I find time to make a healthy meal that's going to feed my family and that will still make me feel good? Because as we all know, for me, if you read fitness blogs, abs are made in the kitchen. So it all starts yeah, with what absolutely. you're eating and then you follow up with the workout from there. So that that's kind of a specific example. If I were a fitness blogger, if I were a mom fitness blogger, and um, I know that that's what something that people would come to me and ask because I am a mom, you you know, and I would definitely love to work out more and eat healthier. But my biggest issue, my biggest pain is that I, I, I don't have the time or my time is very limited. Um, you know, I, I don't have five hours to make a, a healthy gourmet meal. I don't have two hours to, you know, do 60 minute workouts. I just I simply just don't have that flexibility in my day. So if you can provide me a solution in less time that will achieve the, the results that I want. Absolutely. I'm sold. Cool. I mean, that's that's all really, really great and actionable. And even just, you know, creating a bit of time, getting the message across. There's so much in that, Chrissy. So thanks so much for sharing. Absolutely. Now, just, I did just say before I we move two. off that, Paul, sorry, just yeah, on, on. just want to highlight something that Chrissy spoke about there was about a nurturing sequence. 
Um, and effectively, just for those of you at home, just to give it a quick, it's that's basically an autoresponder sequence. So when someone signs yes. up, you've got these emails pre-programmed in your MailChimp or your Aweber or your ConvertKit, whatever you're using, that automatically get sent. Mm-hmm. Take the time to have them ready. I have no doubt, Chrissy, that they were already in your um, autoresponder sequence before you ever started taking opt-ins. Um, a lot of people seem to set up their opt-ins, they'll throw them out there and think, oh yeah, I'll get around to doing that. And effectively, having, say like you, having 11 emails in your uh, your nurturing sequence is effectively like writing 11 blog posts. They take time mm-hmm. to to uh, conceptualize, write, edit, headlines, everything that goes into a normal blog post. So they do take time, but people seem to pass them off as something to do later, but they're actually very, very important. So just to, pick, just to pick up on that and kind of emphasize that point, folks, that you need to make sure that they're in place before you even start building your list just to put them in sequence and if i could even add to that point paul you're you're so right because i was one of those people just just you know to let you guys know i mean i didn't even have an opt-in on my site until last year and when i did have an opt-in people would get it but i had no nurturing sequence in place i finally sat down this year and put together kind of like you know 11 mini blog posts or mini courses in that email sequence and from that i have gotten client sir i've gotten client referrals for a web design because people are like i found this information so valuable and strategic and and tactical that I would love to work with you one-on-one so you know even if you're not a blog or maybe you are the fitness blogger and you offer one-on-one coaching over Skype if you were to have some type of nurturing sequence part of that building the relationship you know that would that that's going to allow people to want to say hey I feel like I know this person this person provided me value I would love to Sir, um, work with them in some way, whether they, they buy a product from you, whether they buy a course or a membership site from you, whether they you know buy your one-on-one services. So you're absolutely right. And so know that I'm not perfect and I didn't do that for the longest time. And when I finally did, it, it changed things significantly. It actually, my, my email list has gone up even more because of that. Eh? Yeah, there you go, folks. It sounds really, really simple. And in fact, it is, but it just takes time and a it little bit of time. work. It takes time. And that's the biggest yeah, thing. But anyway, we, we shall keep going. Sorry, Paul, you had another two, I think, had you? Well, just this was the second uh, of the two that I mentioned. So the list is building. We've got our people are being nurtured. Um, oh, wait, social media. I'm supposed to be promoting my content. You know, I, I should have stuff out there. Um, any tips for people promoting stuff on social media? Are images important? I mean, what would you recommend for people who maybe aren't too tech savvy? Um, in terms, oh boy, social media, that, that's, a, that's a whole, that's a whole huge hole. And so, um, let's, let's drill down here so that we can be specific. And so are you asking for people that are new, how do they promote on social media or like maybe any tools or tips to help them or, or what let's, let's drill down to a couple specific. Yeah, specific let's, let's go for that. We've got back. our, we've got our yeah. fitness blogger. We've got a, we've got a, you know, a few months of content. Our list is building nicely. And now we kind of realize, okay, well actually let's look at our social media strategically. How, you know, how could or should we be possibly, you know, using that uh, way to, I suppose, to, to find people and to, and to add to our tribe? So if I'm a fitness blogger, uh, two things come to mind for me is Pinterest and Instagram. Um, I, I, I could say Facebook, you know, and you could post things on your Facebook page and you probably, and you should just so that people do come across your Facebook page and like, you know, so, so let's back up. So, Let's start with Facebook. If you're a fitness blogger and you've got blog posts, I would share them on your Facebook page and then make sure that your images are optimized for social media. And to do that, I'm going to get a little bit techie here. Um, To make sure that your images are optimized for Facebook, I have two recommendations for you. The Yoast SEO plugin, and then there's a premium plugin called Social Warfare. What Yoast will do is it um, will allow you to... um, uh, Okay, okay, let me back up here. So Facebook uh, has something called like a debugger and... What if you install the Yoast SEO plugin, it will help you to make sure that you're sharing the right images on Facebook and you can include like the specific image if you want to. Social Warfare is a premium plugin that basically does the same thing, but it gives you more options and it, it covers all of the social media platforms. And so that's Facebook real quick. The other thing I would say around Facebook is that if you are a fitness blogger, um, Facebook groups are hot right now, as we all know. I would look to join Facebook groups where your ideal, where your ideal audience member might be and then just focus on giving value in those groups like maybe sharing snippets of blog posts or if they have promotion days sharing your blog posts that would help somebody so those are my two caveats around facebook and um i wouldn't worry about facebook ads quite just yet as a fitness blogger 
um, because Facebook kind of has some stimulus, has some restrictions around that anyway. So I wouldn't even do that. So those are kind of, those are, that's my two cents on Facebook. If you're a fitness blogger, share on your Facebook page, join Facebook groups, give value, and that will lead people back to your site. The two hot items I would focus on if you're a fitness blogger are Pinterest and Instagram. Fitness is huge on Instagram. I go on Instagram and I just see fitness posts all day, every day. And all of the fitness people that I see, you know, whether it's yoga or things of that nature or just, you know, working out, um, fitness is huge on Instagram. So I would definitely get on Instagram, share pictures of yourself working out or share quick workout routines. Um, somebody who is really famous for this on Instagram is Shalene Johnson. She does little things like that. So I would definitely go on Instagram and focus my efforts there, share recipes, use hashtags, things of that nature, follow other fitness bloggers. And, and then Pinterest. I recommend Pinterest because I go on Pinterest and I see, you know, um, 10 things you can do to get your abs flat in 30 days or less, or, you know, something, I know that's a little bit of a, um, a baity headline and, and, and things yeah. of that nature, but, um, there are fitness blogs and fitness tips on Pinterest that you can do that I've seen, I've downloaded, I've downloaded like, uh, like, you know, 30 day calendar challenges for fitness, um, you know, routines and things of that nature. But also what's good about Pinterest, if you're a fitness blogger is your recipes and everybody knows that recipes are huge, on Pinterest. And so I would promote on Pinterest to for your recipes and maybe some specific workout routines that you have if you've curated your own to get people back to traffic on your website. So that will grow your traffic and that will grow your email list. If you're on Instagram, same thing. I would just show um, behind the scenes kind of like every day of you either cooking healthy recipes or doing specific workouts. And then make sure that in your Instagram profile, that you give a description of who you are, you know, uh, just, you know, as an example, just, you know, kind of like, let's say, for example, it was me, you know, hey, I'm Chrissy, you know, you know, mom of three fitness blogger. Um, here's a link to my freebie. And then, you know, you, you can put a specific like if you use like a bitly link or something, you can put a specific link to your freebie on your Instagram profile and then just just share your journey or share your fitness journey or share fitness tips on Instagram and then Pinterest, share your recipes and optimize your images for Pinterest. And then again, the purpose is just to get traffic back to your website and you can track your traffic from Instagram by using like a bit.ly link. So when, and then when you, and what bit.ly is, it's a URL link shortener. So as opposed to saying, you know, my fitness backslash, you know, free recipe book, you know, nobody's going to remember that you can just have a quick little shortened link, link that in your Instagram profile. And then you can go into that and track the number of hits and you can tell that that's where your traffic is coming from. So those are my tips for social media if you're a fitness blogger. Yeah, I really like that. A lot of actionable stuff. Uh, you know, I just sat back and, and let you go with it, Chrissy, because there's just so much there. You, you know, you really know your stuff. So that's great. Oh, to, thank you, guys. Hear, you know. I, um, I, this, I geek out on this. I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> As could we. Yeah. That's why we were so dedicated to this stuff. We just love talking about it. Chrissy, I have one more question for you, and it's a question I ask all of our guests, so you're definitely not getting off the line without answering it, but I have a feeling you'll have no problem with it all the same. And it is simply this. Give us one thing that you have learned over your years of experience that you wish you knew when you started out. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys kind of put me on the spot there. Um, That's one what thing we that do. I yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay, one thing that I have learned over the four years that I've been doing this and for web design or just in general. Yeah, we'll take the web design. Why not? Let's keep the team okay. running. So uh, I actually, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go big here because that's just who I am and I don't hold back. Um, if I could start all over again, one thing I've learned over these four years. So you can have all the tools and resources and knowledge in the world. You can buy all the courses and go to all the mastermind and live events and do all of that stuff. And, but if you don't believe in yourself and if you don't take action, it's like catching fish and then throwing it in the back of your trunk and letting the fish rot. So take action. So believe in yourself that you can do it because mindset is huge and then take action. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. So that's what I have learned in my in my entrepreneurial journey so far. Excellent stuff. I really, really like that. And I suppose I know you've got a few things coming up uh, and there, there's one thing in particular that I, I'd like if you could share a little bit more info uh, with us, Chrissy, that'd be great. 
Absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to do that. And so um, what I've got coming up, and so one of, I've been in this space for a while, and one of the biggest struggles that I see people facing when it comes to the online space is just simply getting started out. Like, you know, the, the tech is um, something that is standing in their way um, of prosper to making money in their business or just even getting themselves out there in terms of reach and things of that nature, building a profitable business. And so what I have put together, I have a DIY website course that is called a seven day website fix.com and what that course will do is it will take you from website shame to hall of fame in one week or less and it is a seven day course where it teaches you the in and outs of building a website you know from buying your domain to installing your theme to figuring out which plugins to use to creating your content and so that course will is one thing that you can do to jump over the tech hurdle that is standing in the way of you and your business and so that course is going to be coming out seven day website fix.com and i'm sure there'll be a link in the show notes eh? there most certainly will and can i just ask you one question about that course while i have you Yes, sir. Would that help if, for instance, I had set up a blog on the likes of Blogger or one of those kind of free services and I now decided I want my own hosted domain? Would Is that covered? Do you cover that kind of stuff in it as well? Um, I don't specifically cover the transition from Blogger to WordPress, but what I do cover is how to buy the new domain and get everything set up on WordPress. But that's a really good question. That's probably something that I should cover at some point. Eh? Just curious. I know, I know, not say a lot, but some of our listeners have started out on Blogger and are looking to make transition. So just curious to see if maybe that could help them out. And I have a funny feeling it still could. Yes, I mean, yeah, even if you start out on Blogger and you kind of wanted to switch over to WordPress, I do cover how to get started on WordPress. I don't specifically cover the transfer from Blogger to WordPress, but what I can do is I can um, I can email you guys and share us a couple of resources that people who want to make that transition could do, and that would help them. And then once they've done that, then they can, you know, the rest of the course would then be helpful because one of the things that people struggle with is just WordPress. You know, people are like, do I do WordPress? Do I do Squarespace, Wix, or Weebly? And yeah. WordPress has the thing why and if I could just kind of plug this here why I love and recommend WordPress even though it does have a higher learning curve but WordPress can grow with your business it has the flexibility and the functionality to grow with your business you know if you do want to let's say you started with MailChimp and you want to go to a different email service provider like Infusionsoft or Entreport WordPress can can manage that if you want to go to a membership site WordPress can manage that. And so that's why I recommend WordPress is because it does have the flexibility and the functionality to grow with your business, wherever that direction may be. So just my two yeah. cents. No, listen, I completely agree with you, Paul. We've been using WordPress for how long? <laughs> oh, 2007. So it was a long time ago now. And, oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> and it, it has evolved with um, a, lot of, a lot of changes over that time and a lot of different pieces of software, Chrissy. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Awesome. And, We're on the you, same page. Uh, yes. We most certainly are. Chrissy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. We could stay and talk for hours, like you oh said. Oh my gosh, you guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Eh? Before we let you go, our audience want to reach out and maybe get you on Facebook or send you a tweet. Where can they do that? You know, if you want to reach me on Facebook, go to wearebiznerds.com. That's a link to join my free Facebook group where I talk about tech and strategy and content planning and all things biz nerdy for web designers. Um, on Twitter, I am at Chrissy, M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-T. So please shout out and say hi. would love to hear from you. Excellent stuff. We'll make sure to have a link to all that in today's show note. Again, Chrissy, thank you so much for your time and all of that valuable information. It's been, uh, I think, safe to say, Paul, one of our most actionable ones to date. Definitely going to have longer show notes for sure. <laughs> Paul, thank you guys so much. Yes, you're going to have a lot of show notes. I'm sorry. I, I can't hold back. I can't help it. <laughs> thank it's you fantastic. both for having me. Thank you very much for coming on. You are listening to the Content Academy Podcast. And that was Chrissy Marquette from WebspiredMedia.com. Great episode, I have to say. And thanks very much to Chrissy for coming on the show. I'm bringing her A game, man. She absolutely killed it. Yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? It was like bang, 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 bang. Got all the answers. And that, that's what we were looking for. We asked the questions and she just gave the answers, which was fantastic. Some simple advice in there that I would like to highlight. One was, if you're creating a course, it needs to address the pain points that your audience actually has. And 
why I think that's important is I'm seeing a lot of bloggers and people build courses and, and wonder why they're not, you know, going so well. And half the time it's because the promotional uh, activities are, are not great or it's not framed in a great way. But the other half of the time, it's just the fact that you've come up with this course that you think people want, but it turns out that that's not actually a problem your audience has. So, you know, they're not going to pay money to, to get it solved. So that's something yeah. which... Maybe we don't speak about enough on the episode, but it is a key piece that Chrissy highlighted. That yeah, I and I mean, even you're saying it's not a problem they have. It may, okay, it may actually be a problem, but it may not be a problem that's high up on their list of priorities. So in the list, the grand scheme of problems that they have, that might be a really, really small one that they think, you know what, yeah, it's a problem, but I need to get, you know, A, B, and C sorted before I start worrying about C, D, and F, you know what I mean? So it's, you have to kind of, look at it from that point of view how how much of a priority is this issue for my, my potential client or customer before you kind of start putting all your effort into creating a course for it absolutely uh, another message chrissy delivered towards the end believe and take action you know mindset is huge simple makes perfect sense a lot of people don't have the right mindset when it comes to, to business or online business uh, and i think that's a problem which you need to work on you need to have that you know that that hustle that work ethic that belief that if you do the right if you do, if you take the right steps you, you do implement them correctly that you will get results and you will get results the the quality and success might vary from good you know better brilliant but you, you will get results from from taking action and having the right mindset as opposed to having the wrong mindset not really taking action, doubting yourself, uh, and then all of a sudden your, your business could stutter for three to six months because you've just allowed it to. So that resonated, and I think that's something a lot of bloggers uh, and business owners need to be mindful of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got to you've got to be confident about what you're doing. Um, you know, it kind of if you're not, how do you expect people to buy from you? If you can't be confident about what you're trying to sell, well, they won't have any confidence in you to buy. So. It's, a, it's essential that you have that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the final thing I'd like to mention, Phil, before maybe I hand it over to yourself, was just the fact that it re- needs to be really obvious what people or what action people should be taking on your website. And you need to show the value of your business up front and as early as possible. So complex web design, you know, quirky imagery, not always necessarily the right thing. If you keep it simple and make it very clear what you want your, your audience to do, that that is a better experience for them uh, and for yourself it might help qualify people into becoming members of your audience if if it makes sense for them or qualifying them out so at least then you you don't have uh, a large audience but do that you won't really resonate with or, or do business with you'll have a more smaller focused audience who will actually do business with you and Again, it's not necessarily the size of the tribe that matters. It's, it's the quality of the connection with that tribe and how you're able to help them, which is key. So making those initial steps obvious, it, it probably will pay pay dividends in the long run. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's got to be. I mean, when someone comes to your site, you they have to know where they're going and what they're doing. Um, so again, you can have a fancy site, but if, it, if it's not very clear to them within that first kind of, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds, they're really not gonna go any further and your 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 bounce rates are gonna be pretty big um so yeah you have to love that advice and certainly if it's something you're struggling with and as we kind of spoke to christy as well about getting someone in just to look at your site someone that maybe not be familiar with uh, what you do or what you're trying to do and get them to just literally sit there and go there's the website have a play around with it and they'll point out some stuff that you never even considered um, and I know we spoke on the show, Paul, about that. And it's something we've done as well, that we have handed off our website and said, right, have a look there, see what you think, where would you go, what would you do, what would you click? And it can be tough when you realize, <laughs> yeah. what? You don't know what you're, what? You don't know what's happening? The other thing is you can also use software. So we've got software which tells where people click on the site as well, which is maybe a more fancy way of doing it because you, you collect that. But you don't need to make that investment. It's still the same. Just throw it in front of somebody a family member, whoever, and let's see if, what they do. And that can be a really cost-effective way of figuring out if your website is, is on point or not. Yeah, absolutely. So there you have it, folks. I think we will wrap it up there for today's show. So don't forget, if you want to get any and all of today's show notes, you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 48. That's episode 48 for all of today's show notes. And one more thing, Paul. 
before we let the good people go don't forget folks you can still get our 101 blogging tips that we've put together um you can head over to content.academy you'll get them there on the home page and that is a collection of 101 blogging tips from ourselves from our guests and some pretty big names around the web that we've handpicked to include into our list the likes of darren rouse uh, Kim Raluna, of course, who was a guest. Uh, Pat Flynn is in there. Derek Halporn and many more. So you can check those out uh, if you head over to content.academy for 101 blogging tips. So yeah, there you go. Until next time, folks, have a great day and we'll chat to you soon. All the best. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.